Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We've got a terrific show for you today, including special guest William Yateman, research fellow at the Cato Institute. We'll visit with Marina Berkovich. She's an author. She's also a survivor of communist Russia, of the Soviet Union. She grew up there. Her book is called uh, My Life Through My Dress. It's such an interesting read. We'll visit with her about what's happening in Ukraine. Brian Gamble from the American Project will be joining us. And uh, we'll also visit with uh, uh, Professor Larry Bell will be joining us as well. It is September the 2nd, and on this day in 1945, aboard the USS Missouri in Tokyo Bay, Japan formally surrendered to the Allies, bringing an end to World War II. By the summer of 1945, the defeat of Japan was a foregone conclusion. The Japanese Navy and Air Force were destroyed. The Allied Navy and uh, blockade of Japan and intensive bombing of Japanese cities had left the country and economy devastated. At the end of June, the Americans captured Okinawa, a Japanese island from which the Allies could launch an invasion of the main Japanese home islands. Uh, U.S. General Douglas MacArthur was put in charge of the invasion. The invasion of Japan uh, promised to be the bloodiest seaborne attack of all time, conceivably ten times as costly as the Normandy invasion in terms of Allied casualties. On July 16th, a new option became available when the United States secretly detonated the world's first atomic bomb in the New Mexico desert. Ten days later, the Allies issued a Potsdam Declaration demanding the unconditional surrender of all Japanese armed forces. Failure to comply would mean the inevitable and complete destruction of the Japanese armed forces and just as inevitable, the utter devastation of the Japanese homeland. On July the 28th, J- Japan uh, Prime Minister Suzuki responded by telling the press that his government was paying no attention to the Allied ultimatum. U.S. President Harry S. Truman ordered the devastation to proceed, and on August 6th, the U.S. B-29 bomber Enola Gay dropped an atomic bomb on the Japanese city of Hiroshima, killing an estimated 80,000 people and fatally wounding thousands more. After the Hiroshima attack, a faction of Japanese Supreme War Council favored acceptance of the Potsdam Declaration, but the majority resisted uh, unconditional surrender. On August the 8th, Japan's desperate situation took another turn for the worse when the USSR declared war against Japan. The next day, Soviet forces against uh, attacked Manchuria, rapidly overwhelming Japanese positions there, and a second U.S. atomic bomb was dropped, dropped on Nagasaki. Just before uh, midnight on August the 9th, Japanese uh, Emperor Hirodo uh, convened the Supreme War Council after long emotional debate. He backed proposal by the uh, Prime Minister Suzuki in which Japan would accept the Potsdam Declaration with the understanding that the Declaration does not compromise any demand that prejudices the prerogatives of His Majesty as sovereign ruler. The Council obeyed Hirota's acceptance of the peace, and on uh, August the 10th, a message was relayed to the United States. Early on August the 12th, the United States answered with the authority of the emperor and the Japanese government to rule the state shall be subject to the supreme commander of the Allied powers. After two days of debate about the statement applied, uh, Hirodo brushed nuances aside in the text and declared that peace was preferable to destruction. He ordered the Japanese government to prepare a text accepting surrender. In the next hours, on August the 15th, the military coup was attempted by leading faction led by uh, Hatanaka. The rebels uh, seized control of the imperial palace and burned Prime Minister Suzuki's residence, but shortly after dawn, the coup was crushed. At noon that day, uh, Emperor Hirito uh, went on to uh, national radio for the first time to announce the Japanese surrender. In his unfamiliar court language, he uh, told his subjects, we have resolved to pave the way for a grand peace for all generations to come, enduring the unendurable and suffering what was insufferable. The United States immediately accepted Japan's uh, surrender, 
President Truman appointed MacArthur uh, to head the Allied occupation of Japan as supreme commander of the Allied powers. For the site of uh, Japan's formal surrender, Truman chose the USS Missouri, a battleship that had been considerable action in the Pacific, was named after Truman's native state. MacArthur, instructed to preside over the surrender, held off of the ceremony until September the 2nd in order to allow representatives from the other Allied powers to arrive. On Sunday, September the 2nd, more than 250 Allied warships lay at anchor in Tokyo Bay. The flags of the United States, Britain, the Soviet Union, and China fluttered above the deck of the Missouri. Just after 9 a.m. Tokyo time, Japanese Foreign Minister uh, signed on the behalf of the uh, Japanese government, General uh, Umizu, then signed for the Japanese Armed Forces, and his aides wept as he made his signature. Supreme Commander MacArthur next signed, declaring, It is my earnest hope, and indeed the hope of all mankind, that this solemn occasion, a better world, shall emerge out of the blood and carnage of the past. Nine more signatures were made by the United States, China, Britain, the USSR, Australia, Canada, France, and the Netherlands, and New Zealand, respectively. Admiral Chester Nimitz Signed for the United States, as the 20-minute ceremony ended, the sun burst through in low-hanging clouds. The most devastating war in human history was over. So interesting. Japanese uh, fought to the end and uh, suffered much as a consequence. Well, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis tweeted, Florida ranks number one among states for economic freedom. This ranking uh, refers to the Cato Institute's Freedom of 50 States Index of Personal and Economic Freedom. The authors determined that Florida was number one in economic freedoms, number one in fiscal freedom, number two in education freedom, and number two overall for freedom in the union. Isn't that amazing? Uh, Out of 50 states, that's pretty amazing. Freedom is conceived by the Cato Institute authors is predicated upon the framework of individual rights in which individuals should be allowed to dispose of their lives, liberties, and property as they see fit, so long as it does not infringe on the right of others. As it pertains to fiscal policy, Florida's relative freedom ranking was calculated on the basis of uh, state taxation, local taxation, government consumption and investment, government employment, government uh, debt, and cash and security assets. Florida state-level taxations are more than 1.5 standard deviations below the national average. Let that sink in. That's huge, the uh, the report indicated. Government consumption and debt are lower than average. Uh, The top five states extolling and protecting freedom so are defined in this order. New Hampshire is number one. Florida is number two. Nevada, number three. Texas, number four. And South Dakota is number five. Well, who are the worst? Oregon at 46th, down from six spots since 2020. New Jersey's 47th. California's 48th. Hawaii is 49th. And New York is number 50. Of course, uh, they probably reversed the order. If, in fact, you wanted to be a socialist and you wanted to have big government and uh, uh, give up your freedoms, well, that's where you want to live. On Thursday evening, President Joe Biden delivered his first uh, primetime address to the nation in months. Did you watch it? I didn't either. But he used the speech, I watched uh, Tucker Carlson, but he used the speech to attack the Republican Party with nearly two months until the voters hit the ballot box nationwide in their state's respective primaries. It was an unabashed campaign speech, for the most part a pack of lies, quite frankly. Uh, I, I read the commentary, and speaking from the Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Biden said, I, as I stand here tonight, equality and democracy are under assault. He didn't mention the administration that were the assailants. He said, we do ourselves no favor to pretend otherwise, so tonight I come to this place where it all began to speak as plainly as I can about the nation, about the threats we face, about the power we have in our hands to meet these threats, said Box, Bob Biden. Uh, Of course, I think he's the fox guarding the hen house. Biden uh, told the crowd that too much of the current events in America are not normal, whatever that is. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundation of our republic, he said. Biden conceded that not every Republican is extreme or embraces the extreme ideology of MAGA Republicans, but there's no question that Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated 
by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. I can't even say this with a straight face. This is a threat to our country. He means a threat to his power, of course. Biden said that his duty as president is to tell you the truth, stating that MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution, they do not believe in the rule of law, and they do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. Well, the election was not free. Uh, the election was stolen, in my opinion, and that's why people people are concerned. And the, the evidence of that is over 10% right now of the counties in the United States have decided to reverse uh, the, uh, the uh, and not accept the results of the election. There's a growing movement, and I think ultimately we're going to see the fact that uh, this, this election may not be overturned, but certainly proof will be that uh, there's absolute proof that it was uh, fraudulent. Biden said the MAGA forces will take the country backwards to a time where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. Noting January 6th, Biden said that uh, MAGA Republicans see their failure to stop a peaceful transfer of power after the 2020 election as preparation for the 2022 and 2024 elections, and that he had tried to nullify the vote of 81 million voters. Not all 81 million, uh, Joe. It was uh, less than that. Uh, But, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of fraud. Millions of votes. It's Donald Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans uh, voted clear and present danger to our democracy, he said. Biden said that he believes the country is at an inflection point. If he, I don't know if he knows what that means. And that Americans must choose to move forward or to move backwards to build a future obsessed about the past, to be a nation of hope and unity and optimism, or a nation of fear and division and darkness. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies, he said. Biden stated in the crowd that the America is a nation that rejects violence as a political tool. Uh, ignoring the fact that the BLM and all the riots that occurred uh, under democratic regimes. It's just unbelievable. Tonight, I'm asking our nation to come together, uh, to unite, and by unite, I think he means to conform to his views, behind the single purpose of defending our democracy regardless of your ideology. Biden said he wants to uh, be a pro-insurrectionist and pro-American. It's incompatible. We can't have allow violence to be normalized in this country. We have to reject political violence, and for all the moral clarity and conviction the nation can muster, now uh, we can't let the integrity of our elections be undermined, for that is the path of chaos. Amidst Biden's speech, a bullhorn was heard from the background with a man shouting, let's go, Brandon. Well, of course, uh, I think he was saying something else. But anyhow, uh, let's go, Brandon. After uh, slamming and condemning Republican voters, Biden moved to uh, touting his achievements in the last year and a half, rating the America's economy as growing faster, stronger than any other advanced nation in the world, despite the fact the country is, uh, has record levels of inflation. He didn't mention the Afghanistan debacle, the pivot from energy independence, the lockdowns, the weaponization of the CDC, the FBI, or the DOJ. Just amazing stuff. He did say it's been a tough year, but uh, nevertheless... Uh, it's just uh, the entire speech was a pack of lies, quite frankly, and uh, he's just trying to convince the American people to turn away from being MAGA, extreme MAGA, <laughs> just makes me laugh. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website's johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with William Yateman, Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. 
Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason some victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Marina Berkovich. She is the uh, founder of the Southwest Florida uh, Jewish Historical Society and author of My Life Through My Dresses, Growing Up in Soviet Russia. Right now we have with us William Yateman, Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. William, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure. Tell us about the Cato Institute. You bet. Uh, We're a think tank here in Washington, D.C., and we're dedicated to advancing the ideals of a free society at every level of government. Cato.org is the website, C-A-T-O.org. So, William, did you watch uh, Biden's primetime speech last night? I did indeed. Love to get your thoughts. (laughs) You bet. Um, Well, I should set the table by noting the bizarre aesthetic of the speech. Um, The president was bathed in a a red neon light with dark shadows, um, and there were Marines in the background. I mean, this was uh, next to Independence Hall in Philadelphia, but it was very dystopian. I mean, it was just a a creepy aesthetic. Um, And in terms of the substance of the speech, uh, he used it to rail against, quote, unquote, MAGA Republicans. Um, This is the same entity that last week we noted he he accused them of being semi-fascist. Um, he said they're a threat to democracy, um, that they're a threat to the very foundation of our republic. Uh, the New York Times, or I should say according to the New York Times, um, his strategy here was, quote-unquote, self-evident. And by that they meant uh, instead of making the midterm elections, the 2024 elections, a referendum upon uh, Biden's performance as president, He's doing everything he can to turn the focus onto Trump. I mean, he's making it all about Trump. Um, So to me, it was pretty off-putting. I much prefer the the unity-minded Biden that we saw on day one of his president, or on on Inauguration Day. Um, You know, if you recall, when we spoke about that speech, I praised it, um, its tone. And, And this was certainly quite the opposite. And frankly, I think it's a pretty cynical political strategy. Um, uh, you know, but I guess that is the nature of D.C. politics. Perhaps, uh, although uh, I think also that uh, I, I think it's pretty clear that he understands the power of the Trump movement. And he's doing everything he can to demonize it. You know, he had an opportunity to go to the stage to make uh, inspiring and unifying comments. Instead, he chose to divide. 
He chose to uh, try to lie. I think most of the things that he claimed were were pretty much lies. It's uh, unfortunate to call it that, but that's what that's the way I see it. Well, the, shoot. I mean, uh, what politician doesn't stretch the truth? That's out of the outset. Um, but I will say this: I agree wholeheartedly with. with um, no, frankly, I think it's a cynical political strategy to, to sow division. Mm-hmm. And to, um, but again, I guess it's, it's par for the course. But mm-hmm. I much preferred the unity-minded Biden at the outset of his administration. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Uh, just moving to uh, with the. Uh, what's happened in Mar-a-Lago? Any thoughts or comments? <laughs> Indeed. I mean, and these thoughts and comments are directly related to what we just spoke about. And this is something that I've emphasized in the prior two weeks. Um, the president has made Trump the centerpiece mm-hmm. of his reelection strategy. I mean, in 2024 and the midterms. I mean, it is the centerpiece of his political platform at this point. And that coexists uneasily with his administration uh, making Trump the subject of his prosecutor, you know, of its prosecutorial, the government's massive prosecutorial and investigative powers. Um, the, that is to say, um, well, it's the same thing I've been saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I just find it highly inappropriate. I mean, Trump, no one's above the law, but Trump too has rights. Um, and it is. It makes me uncomfortable when the mechanism of state prosecution is genied up against anyone. Um, and just the fact that it, it, it's it's avowed the extent to which Biden, you know, is making this gentleman, is making the former president, the subject of his political fortunes, at the same time that his administration is investigating and potentially prosecuting um, this man that, that is Trump. So uh, this just, uh, in my mind, the speech last night reinforces the need for independence in whatever this investigation is, and in this probably you know, any subsequent prosecution. And, and by that, I mean um, some sort of special counsel um, in order to get an arm's length removal from the president's politics as yeah. this thing plays out. Um, now, this would also, I guess, along these lines, I'm supportive of, of uh, an appointment of a special master. And this is something that the Trump uh, counsel or Trump lawyers are seeking uh, before a Florida district court judge, who this week, it, it's a judge, uh, Eileen, um, or Aileen, I'm sorry, Cannon, this week indicated she's uh, inclined to grant, or, or to, to indeed, I'm sorry, to grant Trump's motion to require um, such a special master to review the evidence that's been collected so far. Special master is, of course, different than a special prosecutor, or I'm sorry, a, a special counsel of right. the sort I've been calling for. But they both achieve the same ends. I mean, in this instance, the special master would review the evidence, uh, the classified documents, or all the documents that have been collected by the government so far, and discern which might be uh, uh, emeritus of uh, various privilege. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, help me understand. She's, she said, we're going to do this. And then she said, yeah, but not yet. We're going to wait. <laughs> What's going on with that? Again, at this point, she's still taking briefings um, from both parties as to whether or not she should proceed along these lines. And what this would actually entail is what's known as an injunction, um, which is basically a court order for the government to stop doing something, in this instance, for the the, uh, Department of Justice to stop reviewing these documents, and then to appoint this independent special master who would then review the documents um, and vet them uh, both to their classification status um, and, as well, any claims of executive, or not uh, of attorney-client privilege, I mm-hmm. would say, that are being uh, asserted by Trump, and potentially executive executive privilege. But that's a different ball of wax, and it's unclear as to whether or not those doctrines would apply here. But all that is to say, the special master's role would be to provide an independent review of the documents that were collected by the government. Yeah, well, we're all for that. We just uh, should get on with it, quite frankly, in my opinion. But, William, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Cato.org is the website, C-A-T-O.org. William, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, Marina Berkovich grew up in uh, Kiev, I believe it is, and in, uh, in the Ukraine in, under Soviet Russia. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. You can get tickets now and find out more by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Brian Gamble from the America Project. Right now we have with us Marina Berkovich. As I mentioned uh, before the break, uh, she wrote a book about her life growing up in Soviet Russia. It's called uh, My Life Through My Dresses. She's also uh, started an organization, and a great organization, the the, uh, uh, Southwest Florida Jewish Historical Society. Marina, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you so much, Bob. Good morning. Good morning, Marina. So I, I, I would, I wanted to just give you kind of an open question about, um, you know, we're going through what it, it looks like a, just a degradation of our society and our freedoms here in the United States under the Biden administration. You grew up in Soviet Russia. I believe it was in Kiev, was it not? Yes. Kiev was the third largest city of the USSR, so I grew up in the Soviet Union. Yeah, so... Um, do you see any parallels between what's happening and uh, in, in, uh, what was you were living under in uh, Soviet Russia and what's happening here in the United States? I've been in America for two years, almost 43. And in the last 40 years, I've been observing and actually wherever I could, I spoke out about it, that there are many similarities between the United States and America and the Soviet Union the way it used to be, that people start paying better attention to it. And these similarities were augmented uh, fairly recently um, in the 21st century by the shift in um, people's um, um, basically attitudes and welcoming of the socialist system, which they're being misled and deceived and propagandized in favor of starting from early in school. So I think that there's definitely a crisis going on in the, in, in the United States of America and in one word that's called socialism. Well, I'm, I'm happy to confirm, not happy, but uh, it's good to know that uh, you're confirming what uh, my observations are as well. Are you getting any news at all from uh, Kiev or from, uh, from uh, Ukraine on what's going on over there? Well, um, yeah, we do keep in touch with people in Ukraine as well as with people in Russia because um, this, the war currently affects, uh, and I want everybody, I want your listeners to understand that although most people of Russia are not allowed to speak out loud in criticism of what's going on, and some of them are completely brainwashed in favor of this war, Russians are suffering as well. 
not they're not being killed, but you know they're also very much protected. But yes, we are keeping in touch with people at various um, different ge- geographic locations in Ukraine, and um, I'm asked by some of my friends, even in the United States of America, to help um, in certain situations. For instance, Western Union made it very difficult for people who have Russian citizenship, but in the United States of America for money to help their friends and relatives in Ukraine. So, um, yeah, so a lot of different idiosyncrasies are happening, but people on the ground in Ukraine who are still there, and a lot of people returned from Poland back to Ukraine um, because um, July 1st, I believe the subject that they were getting required them to obtain employment who could not do that had to return. And uh, people who return to Ukraine are living in dire circumstances. Food is extremely expensive in certain places. It's nearly impossible to procure. Dollars work, of course, better than uh, whatever the local currencies people are using. But the um, the people who are uh, changing, the, the money changers, basically, there the were rounds of arrests. Um, but, you know, dollars buys you bread and, uh, you know, Ukrainian money does not. Yeah. And a lot of places get bread like twice a month. You, you know, Marina, yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, my observation is that it, it looks to me like uh, politicians are supporting this effort in Ukraine. And it, it's as if uh, Putin is wearing a black hat and is the bad guy and trying to make uh, the Zelensky the good guy. And yet uh, there's such a history of corruption in Ukraine I was wondering if you could comment on that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe both of those guys should be uh, portrayed as wearing black hats. Well, only history will tell who was the good guy, and I don't believe there are any good guys in this situation at this point in time. Yeah, I believe the war could have been entirely averted had, for instance, uh, we had a better negotiator than negotiator who was disinterested in the um, money laundering through Ukraine in the American presidential uh, seat right now. But unfortunately, we did not have that luxury, and neither did the unfortunate people of Ukraine. Politicians are playing their big games, uh, sitting for their big photo ops with their wives on the cover of Vogue magazine um, in Ukraine. Um, Putin is always going to be Putin, former KGB, not, not former, there is no such thing. KGB is KGB, but uh, people are very dispensable. And like in any war, they're suffering an enormous amount of grief. Um, I, I cannot tell you the number of stories that I hear daily of, um, you know, everyday suffering, trying to uh, survive. In this, this is 2022. They, they live pretty comfortable lives by now, 30 years after they were formed as a country in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, you, as in America, we've witnessed several occasions of definite corruption in Ukraine and America's definite involvement in that corruption, where our billions of taxpayers' money were sent without any proper procedural approval by Congress directly to Ukraine, without any accountability. It's just unconscionable. It is unconscionable, indeed. Maria, before I let you go, I, I want to uh, also just acknowledge a, a terrific book that you wrote. It's called uh, My Life Through My Dresses. And it uh, I, the, the analogy here is that uh, you can define different ports of, parts of your life uh, and growing up based on the uh, the clothing or your favorite dress uh, that you were wearing uh, at the time. Anyhow, it was a great read, and uh, it's wonderful if you could make some comments about the book. Well, thank you very much. Well, this is a book that helps us to grow up socialist and to do without many, many modern conveniences um, at the time that they were already available. Um, and unfortunately, I'm now observing that a lot of this is happening in the United States of America as we're being deprived of the normal distribution chain that we've enjoyed for so many years and um, have now been used as, a, you know, the people have been used and polarized against one another through political movements and political agendas of certain people in power and government who are corrupt, which is what I've lived in in my childhood, and which is what the Bolshevik Party, the Communist Party of the Soviet Union, was doing exactly the same thing, even though in the 70s and 60s and 70s as I was growing up, 
everybody who was a member of that party of the elite class understood it was all a lie. They were playing the game in order to enrich themselves. That's what's been happening in the United States. And I am uh, right now finishing the continuation of this book, which is called In the Land of the Freed, about my first five years in the United States of America before getting citizenship and how it is to a different country coming from the socialist environment uh, into capitalism, how grateful people should be for having capitalism. Again, Marina, again, before I let you go, uh, the Southwest Florida Jewish Historical Society, a, a terrific organization. Uh, why did you start it? Jewish Historical Society was founded by my husband and I in 2010 in order to preserve the local Southwest Florida Jewish history, which is um, which had a very sad beginning, but then became very rich and interesting um, as, as we moved forward in the 1980s and on. And uh, we want to capture the trail of it so that others uh, who would come to this area would have a very good basis and foundation for raising their children in the environment which is accepting of the Jewish people, unlike the environment that I grew up in the Soviet Union, which is extremely anti-Semitic, and it's historically, institutionally, traditionally, and socially ir- not, not, not erasable. It's just there, the presence of it is still there in today's society as well. Thank you so much. Do you have a website, Marina? J-H-S-S-W-F. Sorry, my accent makes it very confusing. Jewish Historical Society, Southwest Florida, jhsswf.org. All right, Marina. Always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much, Bob. Have a wonderful weekend. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Brian Gamble. He is uh, with the America Project, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with the Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Professor Larry Bell and Dodd Professor at the University of Houston in Space Architecture. Right now we have with us Brian Gamble. He is with the America Project. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. 
My pleasure indeed. Brian, before we talk about the America Project, I'd like to play this clip I found on your website, America Project, uh, from General uh, Michael Flynn. The morning after the 3 November 2020 presidential election, Americans woke up to the stark reality that our great nation was under a new type of attack. This attack didn't come with mortars or bullets, but was an assault on our sacred election process. Since then, Americans everywhere have had to ask themselves if they really believe that our election was true and fair. We are in a time of large-scale government corruption, and many have lost faith in our institutions. That's why we formed the America Project for you and for the nation. The America Project was formed by a group of fellow patriots who are building the most pro-freedom and pro-America network ever known. The America Project will connect you with organizations, churches, small businesses, and individuals to help you win for America. The America Project is about actions and results. Join our team today. God bless you and God bless America. Brian, I'm so grateful that you could uh, join us. Quite frankly, and I'm uh, ashamed to admit it, but I'd never heard of the America Project. Maybe you could just uh, fill in a little bit about what the American Project is all about. Sure. So, you know, by design, Bob, honestly, we a lot of people come to us and say, you know, why have we never heard of the America Project? And a lot of that had to do with our uh, support and uh, initiatives in um, Maricopa County, Arizona for the audits. So we didn't want to be like uh, people focusing on us. We wanted people focusing on the results of the audits. So so but now, you know, that the Maricopa audits have wound down. You know, we we are we are. putting ourselves out there a little bit more, uh, explaining to people what it is that we do. So, so really the America project, we, we focus on key, key channels of, um, uh, of America first priorities and obviously election integrity being the one that we're the most known for, but we also fight for, uh, med- medical liberties. We, we, you know, we fight for, uh, people that are being uh, needlessly attacked, you know, because they refuse to get the vaccine. So, we support lawsuits. We support lawsuits for a lieutenant colonel who, you know, over 20 years of service is looking to get kicked out of the United States Air Force yeah. uh, simply for refusing the vaccine. Um, we also, you know, our lawfare. So we are also sponsoring a lawsuit from John Paul MacIsaac, the gentleman whose life was completely turned upside down for trying to do the right thing and turn over Hunter Biden's laptop to the DOJ. So, so we also, you know, again, we support organizations, people. Um, we we uh, recently supported an organization called the National Coalition of Frontline Workers, who are now um, taking uh, money from frontline workers, cops, firefighters, healthcare workers that typically get rolled up to, to uh, politicians who, quite frankly, don't represent the interests of frontline workers. Mm-hmm. And now they're putting that to, you know, uh, the vote to the members, uh, they can get the benefits, you know, things like that. So, so we're, we 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 have a lot of tentacles, and we focus a, a lot on election integrity. But but we do have the lawfare, we do have the medical freedom, we do have, uh, you know, we stand up organizations out there like the National Coalition, the Frontline Workers, Moms for America, um, things like that. So we do a little of a lot of things. Yeah, it sounds like a terrific organization. Make it amplify your efforts right now in terms of listening or finding out about. Uh, Biden's speech last night and thinking about what's going on. Uh, election integrity is more important now than ever. Uh, what, is, what is your focus right now? Our focus right now is getting out the vote. Our focus is uh, reaching into those low propensity voters, those people that have you know registered to vote, but they haven't voted for whatever reason um, for, for many elections. So uh, it's Operation Eagle's Wings is, is, is an operation that we have running in nine key states, you know, to, to steal the, the elections in the United States. You don't need to steal them in all 50 states. You only got to steal them from a, a few key states. Mm-hmm. So, so we focus the get out the vote efforts. We focus on we have um, uh, state directors going into these board of elections or these supervisor of elections and and a- asking them questions and asking them to provide them, you know, manuals, what are your procedures? And, 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 and honestly, they're bringing into the light how absolutely, you know, uh, unsecure our elections clearly are. We have Tim Meisberger on our team who 
worked for USAID. This is the gentleman that would go overseas into these wars, post-wars, and stand-up elections. If you can imagine, like, the purple fingers in Iraq, Mm -hmm. this is the stuff Tim was involved with. So arguably one of the most foremost experts on election integrity and election, you know, elections in general. And, uh, you know, he helps guide us. We have a great team uh, helping guide us. But it really, truly, at its core, is a get-out-the-vote because— you know, we, and making sure we don't have a repeat of 2020, because, you know, despite the taboo out there that the, the, the mainstream media wants you to think it is, you know, election election fraud is real. That is that that is not something we made up. That is a provable fact. People are going to jail uh, in, in Florida alone. You know, Governor Ron DeSantis came out and talked about, yeah. I think, 20 individuals getting thrown in jail for election fraud. So for people out there to say election fraud isn't real, you know, nothing could be further from the truth. The question is, how much election fraud and can we stop it from happening in the midterm elections coming up? Well, and, uh, you know, I follow Mike, Michael and Dell. You see what he's, uh, the information he's uncovered with the machines. You, you just take a look at the, the various states right now. I, I think there's 10% of all counties in the United States have now decertified the election results from 2020. So there's a movement afoot to try to get the truth out somehow. I just don't know if it's going to have any kind of an impact before the 2024 elections. I think, I think the key thing for people to understand, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people and you do come across the group of people that say, what's the point of voting? My vote doesn't count. Right. Well, you know, not voting is a losing strategy. That guarantees the outcome. So I always say, well, you got to give us a chance. You know, and I'm going to tell you, there you know, are states passing laws, you know, voter rolls cleaned out. There's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that they may not be aware of. Right. So the, the, wor- the, the worst thing they can do is listen to people, you know, these pundits or these influencers out there who are saying, what's the point of voting? Now, it, it, not voting guarantees the, the end of, the, uh, of this experiment called the United States of America. Yeah. So, so we heavily, you know, ask everybody, get out to vote and let people like, the, you know, let organizations like the America Project. I can tell you, I honestly think there's probably <laughs> going to be like a dozen people at every ballot box in America camping out. I mean, yeah. <laughs> people are, are fired up to make yeah. sure that they do not pull off a mules kind of operation uh, again you know so, so we help facilitate you know, a lot of things but obviously monitoring the election working with law enforcement being prepared to see something say something on election day you know the days of pizza boxes blocking people from you know observing an election which is illegal by the way right you know I would like to argue it is going to be minimized at the absolute you're not going to see a repeat of 2020 so my my biggest thing I could say and I tell people vote vote as if it's you know the last vote you're ever going to cast to save America absolutely because honestly it's the truth Brian I just really appreciate your organization what what can our listeners do to support your efforts well, if you go to americaproject.com, um, you can you can find out a little bit more about us. And uh, towards the bottom of the page, you'll see you'll see where you can support us with donations. And and not only that, we we have a uh, America Fund that uh, we put together. That when people donate, it, it it gets distributed to the organizations we're working with, and they're listed on our webpage. So you can you can see the organizations that we're involved with. Magnificent organizations uh, in Florida, the Florida Citizens Alliance with Keith Wall, um, you know the CCDF. There's there's wonderful organizations around the country that that we do work with and support. So I would say first things first, uh, get to know a little bit more about us. You can go to our website again, AmericaProject.com, and um, you'll be able to read all about us and uh, see who who we're working with. And uh, and if you're interested in uh, getting involved with election. You know, our Operation Eagles Wings, uh, get out the vote, things like that. You will be able to find that as well on our webpage. Very good. Brian Gamble, again, with the America Project. AmericaProject.com is the website. Brian, really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Bob. I appreciate it. My appreciate it as well. Thank you, Brian. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I hope you'll check out the website, vfga.org. We have with us Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture, made big role in the space program. He's also the author of many books. His latest, which I've read, it's Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design by Professor Larry Bell. Also has his column in Newsmax.com. Always uh, look forward to On Point is the name of the column. And his latest is called FBI Tipped 2020 Election for Biden. Professor, thank you so much for joining us. Bob, it's always a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, Professor, I uh, wanted to get your thoughts <laughs> in the column, FBI tipped 2020 election for Biden. Maybe you can tell us about it. Well, it's something that we've been hearing a lot about, of course, with the raid on Mar-a-Lago and, and uh, the, uh, really the cover-up uh, of the... Uh, authenticity of stuff on Hunter Biden's laptop and, and uh, you know, issues with uh, apparent uh, spying on Trump even before he was elected and throughout his presidency with uh, tacit approval of the previous uh, Obama White House, including uh, our current president and so on. So the... Um, Seventh floor of the FBI, we're not talking about rank and file, but the, uh, you know, the leadership of FBI has been apparently very deeply corrupted. And, uh, you know, a, a couple of years ago or so, when people talked about the deep state, nobody really knew what it was or it sounded, you know, sounded ominous, but, but no one could quite, you know, get their mind around it. And, uh, I think we're seeing now that you know it, it's it's very deep and it's very uh, very very uh, concerning that uh, those who are charged with protecting our security, including our elections, have been so politicized and weaponized and uh, partisan. Yeah, uh, it's very troubling. Troubling indeed. In fact, I found a column this morning. More than 50 officials in President Joe Biden's administration across dozens of agencies have involved with efforts to pressure big tech companies to crack down on alleged misinformation. I mean, this this uh, spider web of corruption just spreads and spreads and spreads. At least the revelation of it spreads and spreads. It's just been amazing how uh, social media, uh, the FBI, 
uh, so much has been uh, weaponized in order to support this administration against President Donald Trump. And it's very consequential. You know, I, in this article, this more recent article, there's, a, there's this uh, recent poll taken by a New Jersey firm, Technometric uh, Institute of Policy and Politics, which apparently has a pretty good track record. And they, they did a poll of uh, 1,300 adults. They found that 8 out of 10 of them approximately would have uh, voted against Trump if they'd known about the about the laptop being authentic. And the FBI not only sat on it for months and months and throughout the election, they actually, and, and according to the the interview with uh, Joe Rogan and, and uh, as you mentioned, I think Zuckerberg, they had actually uh, approached at least, at least Facebook and likely some of the other uh, social media as well Started telling in advance, expect some Russian disinformation and disregarded, so uh, obviously referring specifically to the laptop. So they were, and, and then we saw that right after the Post broke the story about the uh, the laptop, uh, the we had 51 former intelligence officials, so called, including you know, some top ones, were uh, giving Biden cover that it was disinformation it was Russian disinformation not to be trusted quoted had all the pattern of Russian disinformation and so on and one can only expect that they were all singing in unison probably from this uh, uh, FBI attempt to and a successful attempt to to uh, disqualify it as you know, as just being Russian disinformation Kimberly Strasser who I often mentioned because I I really admire her. She uh, writes for the Wall Street Journal as an article today talking about how uh, the new director Ray is seems to be just kind of a repeat of James Comey that, you know, he's been you know, really protecting and perhaps participating with you know, this kind of central leadership of, of espionage on, on Americans and, and, uh, and, and really, uh, not not cleaning house and 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 the public public's not only you know concerned about it I think they're frightened about it because uh, you know we all you know particularly with and, and we saw snippets from from Biden's uh, talk last night at least I you know, saw some of the uh, footage of that and it looked like it was filmed in Hunter's laptop from hell I mean it was just, <laughs> This red background, dark you know, with lighting and spooky and background, but you know, we look, we see how how politicized even you know the attempt is to uh, portray the the military as as being caught up in the politicization of of the executive branch, and uh, and you know we're we're in a we're in a very dangerous era right now. We are indeed, Professor, and uh, it's just very concerning. I, I don't want to give this topic short shrift, and maybe we should wait until next week, but I'd uh, just really be interested in your comments about uh, the, uh, I forget what the, uh, the, miss the missile is called, but the space launch that's now scheduled for tomorrow. Yeah, I hope, I hope, that, I hope that goes off. Uh, you know, it's been a safe launch system, SLS, that's been, uh, you know, the, having some some engine valve problems and so on. Is and that project has been delayed and and over budget for some time, and uh, it's uh, it's crucial that it finally succeed. It's got solid rocket boosters, and that mean, what that means is they're once you light the rockets, you can't unlight them. You know, they uh, it's not like uh, uh, liquid-fueled rockets, so uh, like lighting a candle, but they're very explosive candle. So, and, uh, they, so if, once, once, it, once it's lit, it goes, and, and uh, hopefully it'll go without, without uh, any, any issues. Uh, but it's sitting on the pad, and, and I guess they're going to try to uh, fix it in place, including that 
that that valve issue. Well, let's expand. Let's expand this conversation uh, next week because I'd love to get your thoughts on the space program overall. Again, uh, Professor Larry Bell, his book, his latest, "Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries: My Life by Design." His column at Newsmax is on point. I encourage you to uh, take a look at uh, his columns, including the uh, the latest column, which is FBI tipped 2020 election for Biden. Professor, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's always such a privilege. Thank you so much. My pleasure, indeed. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did and learned a lot. I hope you'll join us on Monday. We will have a show. We're going to have uh, 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 Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. We'll look forward to our conversation with him about uh, global events on Labor Day. We're going to do that as well. I hope you make it a great day and great weekend on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs> <laughs>